Welcome to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is episode 93. BigTimeNoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website. You can leave comments there if you are so inclined. On Twitter, you can tweet Teal Productions to get in touch. Lords of Order has Facebook and Google Plus pages. And the email address is DrFateFanPodcast at gmail.com. More Fun Comics, the uh, 1940 volume, issue 89, cover dated March 1943, is the book I'm looking at. The particular story is Dr. Fate's story, The Case of the Crystal Crimes. This is scripted by Joe Sumashin, penciled and inked by Howard Sherman. It can be found reprinted in the Golden Age Dr. Fate Archives uh, Volume 1, and I think there's only been one volume, from D.C., uh, dated 2007. Now, our narrator starts out by telling us, Wouldn't you like to look into the future and discover what fate has in store for you? Well, so would countless others who seek to smooth, sleek, soothsaying scoundrel Krisha Das. For that sinister seer gazes into his magic crystal and foresees events that come be- bewilderingly true. Not until he crosses swords with Dr. Fate, that fantastic figure of mystery, does the sly schemer's crystal lose his magic power and the conniving criminal learn of the existence of another more powerful magic in the case of the crystal crimes. Our story opens with Kent Nelson, who we are told uh, is intern Dr. Kent Nelson, and his girlfriend, Inza Karmer, who typically is called Inza Kramer, um, so I'm not sure what happened there. I think this happened, this waffles back and forth with Kramer being far more prevalent in the Golden Ages than Karmer or anything else. Uh, it's Karmer with a C. I believe there's also a Karmer or Kramer with a K. It's supposed to be Kramer with a C. Anyways, they're walking down the street, whatever you want to call her, okay? You know, call her Mall. Or who knows? They pass Krishna Das's the seer uh, ad over his door. Inza wants to go see. Kent is like, bah, they don't know any. You don't need to mess with that stuff. That's all hokum, anyways. Inside, we see that Krishna Das is talking to a Mrs. Van Court about an upcoming investment opportunity that she will encounter. A unique opportunity. Uh, For those of you that may be Lucha Underground fans. Sorry. And he tells her that she, when she uh, comes across this opportunity, she needs to take advantage of it because it will net her much money. Later on that evening, Inza goes to visit Krishna. As Mrs. Van Court is leaving, so Enza's like, hey, you know, I'm in the right place. These are some, some upper crust people that go to this dude, and I want to be considered upper crust too, so I'll go to dude, which basically is the whole reason she wants to go to him. So he tells her something scary. He says, I see danger, terrible danger. You're alone. You're walking. Something swoops down at you, but you escape. Fate is kind to you. And of course, Enza is, is very rattled as she leaves. Well, Krishna 
tells a lackey here who is much dressed like a uh, a mob enforcer or a mob thug, you know, the look, uh, even complete with cigarette, tells him to uh, take care of seeing that that woman ends his fortune comes true. Dr. Phaeton, meanwhile, is in his tower, gazing in his crystal ball to see what Inza is up to. And at first, he does not see her, but he sees Krishna Das telling his associate to, you know, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, take care of Inza. Not kill her, mind you. No, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant to imply. Not kill her. Just make sure that the... Sorry about that. That the uh, fortune comes true. So fate, rather than looking for her in his scrying sphere, as it were, just takes off zooming throughout the city looking for her. And this is a Dr. Fate with half helmet. Okay, it only comes to the bridge of his nose. And no cape. So it is a blue top and leggings with yellow gauntlets boots and trunks, and then the yellow half-helmet, with his medallion of fate hanging on his chest, by the way. He, he almost always, if not always, has that. So he sees Inza, he sees the car brush by her, almost hitting her, but not. He recognizes the driver of the car as the dude that Krishna Das was talking to when he was scrying in his crystal ball, so he knows automatically something is up talks with Inza, chastises her for going to see Das at all, goes back to his tower later that day, scrying once again, this time looking for trouble. He sees Mrs. Van Court talking to a gentleman in a studio of fine arts, we see, about a, oh, let me look here, a Ruben, or Ruben. However you pronounce it, I don't know much about that stuff. Reuben, I guess. Uh, Painting. And she can have it for a mere $10,000. And she's thinking back of that um, Krishna Das fortune that was told to her. And she's like, ah, this is it. She jumps on it. It's about to pay when Dr. Fate comes in. And he gives her a little art lesson. You see, Ms. Van Court, Rubens happens to be dead several hundred years. The varnish on a painting hardens and darkens with age. But this varnish is soft and bright. The painting was only completed a few days ago. It's a fake. And Ms. Van Court, oh, how how could you? Talking to the um, painting dude, the museum dude, and she just walks out. I've been tricked. After she leaves... Das and two more flunkies come out, and they have some fisticuffs with Dr. Fate. In a uh, sequence of humor panels, Dr. Fate hits Krishna Das with a painting so that the painting is facing out to us, and we see that it's the painting of a dog, and he hits Das over the head with it, so his head pokes through the painting, and so Das's face becomes the head of the dog in a Bwahaha moment. The fighting continues with quips. Uh, you don't need a crystal ball. Your fortune is in the stars. As he, Dr. Fate, punches the guy and there are stars in the air. This will chop you down to size, he tells the guys. 
one of them pulls out a gun and tries to shoot him. Dr. Fate says, I thought I felt something scratching me. You should know that bullets can't hurt Dr. Fate. Off to the side, Das um, has recovered and has taken a painting down and taken the canvas out of the frame, and he's going to use it to smother Dr. Fate because he knows Dr. Fate has to breathe. That's his only weakness. Sneaks up behind him, wraps the canvas around Fate's face, holds it tight until he passes out. Takes Dr. Fate to another building elsewhere in town and tells him, as Dr. Fate comes to, of course. This is a high-pressure laboratory in an abandoned building. The walls are made of steel. They are airtight. I'm going to fill this room with pure oxygen under high pressure. As the pressure increases, the gas will fill your lungs and make them burst. Then he closes and locks the door and he tells one of his flunkies, if he gets tired of waiting for pure air to kill him, he can turn on that gas burner and kill himself that way. I'm generous. I give him a choice. Now, I thought that pure oxygen is flammable. Um, so maybe that's what he's talking about as far as the gas burner. He doesn't say that. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly what the implication is. And I bring this up because here in a minute we're going to see some uh, potential shenanigans that you know, perhaps somebody out there more knowledgeable in these things can explain if, how, or more to the point why this doesn't work. But Krishna and his henchmen head out, go back to his um, den of uh, false fables that he's giving these people. Another client comes up, says he's a watchman in a soap factory, but I finally saved up enough money to come to you. I want you to tell me my fortune. And Doss thinks, hmm, well, this guy's pretty poor. Usually I only... You know, do this for rich people because I can make lots of money. But maybe, maybe I can turn this my way. Let's let's see. Let me think here a minute. Very well. But first, you must tell me all about yourself. He tells the dude who is kind of a uh, buck-toothed, rubish-looking kind of dude. You work hard and deserve good luck. Now I shall gaze into my crystal ball and see what the future holds for you. I see danger. Men are running. You run after them. They shoot. They fall. Then there's something shiny on your breast. A man hands you a piece of paper. And Soap Factory Dude interprets this. um, Gee, I'm going to be a hero and get a medal and a reward. Thanks, Krishna Das. So later that night, the night watchman at the Soap Factory observes some people trying to break into the factory. Well, he runs after them, but he doesn't account for all of them, because one of them sneaks up behind him and smacks him in the head, knocking him out. So we have four uh, mobsters, let's say, henchmen, four henchmen, uh, sneaking into the factory. We cut back to Dr. Fate. Meanwhile, what of Dr. Fate? What has happened to the man of magic as he seeks in vain for a weak spot in the steel walls? He says that he's got to get out. His eardrums are starting to hurt. The pressure's increasing. It was thoughtful of Krishna Das to leave me this gas burner so that I could die in a hurry if I got tired of waiting. But maybe he made a mistake. The oxygen pressure is so high that the gas will burn with an unusually hot flame. This is almost as good as an oxacetylene torch. It can melt through the steel. And I step out now to prevent Krishna Das and his thugs from carrying out their plans. So I'm not sure how that worked. I I know that there are oxygen 
fed torches uh, because oxygen, pure oxygen burns so hotly. Uh, so if this um, room was filled with pure oxygen and you add a open torch, an open flame to the, the equation, wouldn't that cause a rather large explosion? So, okay. So fate runs to his tower looks in his crystal ball to find out where Krishna Das is, then heads to the Mason Soap Factory, where he interrupts the henchmen just as they have opened the safe and are uh, extracting everything of value in there. Fisticuffs ensue with many quips. One's running around, how do I get out of this place anyways? And Fate is chasing him, saying, the answer is, you don't! He picks up the henchman. The henchman says, Curse you all. The trouble with you is that you need your mouth washed out with soap as he throws him in a tub of liquid soap. Another guy running around. That guy gets around too much. You're a slippery customer. You must be tired of a diet of fists. So have a few cakes of soap as he throws him into a uh, huge stack of soap bars. Uh, Then several other dudes are running out and they are passing a machine marked snowflakes, which fate opens and causes an avalanche of snowflakes onto them, saying, how about cooling off in this artificial snowdrift? I hope you get the drift of my remarks, he says. He goes back to Krishna Das and tells him his future shows him a fortune, takes him to the tower, tower of fate, and shows him in his crystal ball all of his henchmen being at the police station. And he says, "That's your future too, and this is a prophecy that's going to come true." And the narrator finishes up telling us, "You don't need to look into a crystal ball to know that you will find smashing, spine-tingling adventure every month with Doctor Fate in more fun comics." So there we go. Interesting. Um, just interesting. Uh, those those comics um, are always a curious insight into a world that has long, long gone away. Uh, next episode, More Fun Comics, issue 90, cover dated April 1943. I will be reading from the same Golden Age Dr. Fate archives if you choose to follow along. If not, so be it either way. I will talk to you next time, folks. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license.